Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. My message today at the beginning of a new year is blessed, broken, given, multiplied and fed. Say it after me. Say blessed, broken, given, multiplied and fed. Jesus, bless this. Speak to us. Stir faith. Give us words, language, and focus that'll carry us into a year where we know your goodness and your abundance will be seen. In Jesus' name we said, amen. Amen. Um, in the last week, I've had some tra- trauma. Um, it was in my backyard, and my son was in the backyard, and we've got this little, we've got a shed. And, and look, I call it a shed. If you're a bloke, you wouldn't call it a shed. Uh, um, you call it a cabinet. And uh, it's about a metre wide. It's in the backyard. And basically, I've got my lawnmower there. It's an electric lawnmower. Back off, it works. And uh, the extension cord for the lawnmower, it's got about 48 knots in it. But one day, um, one do them. A large pair of scissors for cutting the edges of my lawn. And then every other thing I don't want stored in the rest of the house is dumped in there. And, uh, and my youngest actually was in the backyard, and he saw a mouse run into my shed. Now, there are some guys that'll be like, great, let's go. For me, I freaked out. Like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I literally just freaked me out, and I sat just trying to catch my breath for a while. What are we gonna do, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? I thought, like, get the traps, I'll get some traps. So we got some traps and went to kill the mice, uh, except it was that, you know, that time right after Christmas, shops are shut. So um, I got some bread and I thought, let's hope the mouse likes carbs. And uh, got two mouse traps, got some bread, stuck the bread on the mouse traps, came back literally the next morning, and the bread was gone, but the traps were still set. And I'm like, okay, I see what we're going here. We've got a little bit of a faux little thing. So let's go, let's go again. So I got some more bread, and I put bread on the traps, and this time just set a little bit loose. And came back a couple hours later, and now a couple hours later, the bread's gone. And both traps, I'm like, how many flipping mice are there? And, you know, so, so I'm like, okay. So now it's the next day. So, you know, the shops are open. So I've seen the movie. So I went and bought cheese. And, uh, but the boys needed cheese slices. So I got slices, those sliced cheese and just folded them up and stuck it on there. And uh, went back a few hours later, cheese is gone. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, I'm starting to get a bit, I'm hyperventilating. Uh, and so now, okay, what are we gonna, how are we gonna trap this mouse? What do we need to get rid of in the house? And, you know, I need to get rid of ham. Every Christmas, I don't know about you, I have no desire to eat a leg of ham during the year, but as it gets towards the end of November, I'm like, I need a leg of ham. Does anyone else have this? Where you get to like Christmas, you're like, I need a leg of ham, and I can get the single smoked, I get the triple smoked, that's too expensive, that's too cheap, right in the middle, double smoked lamb. And from that point onwards, for all of December into halfway through January, every single meal has ham in it. Like the breakfast, ham on toast, lunch, ham toasties, dinner. After Christmas, the next two days, fridge is full with leftovers. Next week, there's nothing to eat in the house at all. Is that just us? Anyone else? It's you too, right? And so the kids, what are you gonna eat tonight? Cut yourself some ham, we're getting through this ham. So I'm like, I'm gonna put some ham on the mousetraps. They're carnivorous, they ate the ham as well. I look back over the last three days, I gave them bread, cheese and ham. I literally made ham and cheese toasties for my mice. And they ate them and they were winning. It's like Tom and Jerry. I'm Tom, it's Jerry and Jerry is dominating. It's just like the cartoons. Like I swear, 
I've got a plan if ever my house gets broken into. I've, have you ever done that late in bed and planned a song, walk through the door like you ninja kick the door open, do a dive roll? I've got that plan, good to go. I've cast out demons, demons don't scare me. I'm freaking out about this mouse. I'm now laying in bed listening for the footprints, you know, little pitter patter. It's not Santa, I'm looking for these little demons running, you know, ah, what do I do? So I made a decision, we're moving house. I've literally, it's over. Clean it out, move out, burn it, don't know what you're gonna do. The mouse have won, it's done. And Shan's had this idea, which I didn't like, but she was correct. Why don't you just clean out the shed? I'm like, start again, start afresh. I'm not moving house. I'm like, are you gonna clean the shed with me? She said, no. So I went out there in 40 degree heat nearly. It was 35, but I'm exaggerating today. And I cleaned out the shed. There's now nothing left for the shed to eat. And we are gonna stay where we are living. I think I've won. The mouse is still living, but I won. See, some of you, life's pretty good. But a little trauma, a little drama, a little change, a little distraction comes, and we're ready to pack it all in. We can get towards the end of a year and we're praying, God, next year, miracles, revival, and the world changes a little bit, things spike a little bit, things change, it won't be forever, it's just for a season and we retreat, we run, we hide, we get scared, change our language. So at the end of what's been a different few years, I can admit I'm tired, but I've got expectancy in my spirit. So you can be tired, but still expectant. I, I can be waiting for God to do what he said he'll do, but I know there's seed in the ground. And I wanna tell you, that, and the Clare Valley campus understand this, when there's seed in the ground, there's gonna be a harvest. You could be broken, but you can still be blessed. You can be hungry, but you can still be grateful. I tell you, gratefulness makes way for God's goodness. Don't throw away God's promises. Don't throw away God's presence. Don't throw away what God's told you to do because things don't go to plan. This is going to be a year of goodness, abundance, community, miracles, and revival in Jesus' name. So my message I wanna share to you today is blessed, broken, given, multiplied, and fed. And I'm gonna go to the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now before you say, Joshua, I have heard, Joshua, it's rare when I say it like that, Joshua, or my mum, she says, Yoshi, Yoshi. Uh, uh, I've heard this story many times. Well, you should've, because other than Jesus dying and rising again in the scriptures, this is the story that's told more than anything else in the word. So it is the story you should hear the most, look to the most, meditate on the most because it has so much in there that literally will speak into this year. In fact, if this year is a year of community, say it with me, community, community. miracles, miracles. Revival. revival. I just thought like, why do you get me to say it? I actually believe we just say so much rubbish some of the time, me included, that sometimes I just need to speak the word of God out of my mouth just to change the conversation. There is no better story in the Bible that has all of this in one place right here. This is a story that is a picture of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a story of the church. It's a story that we're gonna look at. If you don't know the story really quickly, a big crowd, 5,000 men it tells us. So we could safely say 15 to 20,000 people, men, women, children, are there listening to Jesus teach. He's been teaching all day. It's very good they've stayed, but at the end of the day, they're hungry and they go, should we feed the people? The disciples freak out and said, how are we gonna feed that many people? Let's send them home. And Jesus says, no, let's feed them. So they find a boy that has five loaves, two fish. They bring it to Jesus. I'll show you what he does. 
the bread and fish multiply as the disciples distribute it and there's an incredible miracle. Everyone's fed and there is an abundance left over. If this is not a picture of what God wants to show you in your life, when you think there's lack, God doesn't wanna just meet your need, He wants to give you abundance. But don't leave, don't quit, don't run, don't hide, don't change. If Jesus is still with you, the miracle will still happen, amen? So let's go into the story, Matthew 14, 19. It says, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish looked up towards heaven and blessed. Say it with me, and blessed them. Then, say it with me, breaking, blessed and broken. Blessed, then broken. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. Let me show you just a few things from this passage that are important today. God takes your life, the bread is a picture of us in some ways, God takes your life, and what does God do first? He blesses it. You need to know, you are blessed. Come on, not enough of us got that today. If that's all I taught you today, that is enough. In Jesus, you are blessed. Come on, come on. Uh, Turn to the person next to you, and say, you are blessed. Say it loud, I am blessed. I mean, how often do you read the news at the moment and it does not say that? Facebook, Instagram, uh, your conversation at New Year's, where you go down the show, whatever you see today, it says the opposite. So the church needs to speak a different narrative. The church needs to speak the Word of God. You need to wake up in the morning and say, I am blessed. As you're having your toast with ham, you're saying, I am blessed. As you enter into lunch with ham, you're saying, I am blessed. As you go into dinner and you fast because you're sick of ham, you say, I am blessed. As you go to bed, you say, I am blessed. When someone curses when someone else brings you down. You need to have a narrative that says, no, I am blessed. But I don't have enough, but I'm not enough. I'm ordinary, I'm in lack. I bet the baker that made those five loaves that morning had no clue those five loaves would feed 20,000. Sometimes what you look at and seems ordinary and average is about to turn into a supernatural miracle that you couldn't understand. Just because you don't see enough doesn't mean when it gets in His hands, He can't turn it into more than enough. When Jesus blesses you, watch out. What you have in your life can touch more people than you can ever imagine. If the church right now wouldn't retreat but kept on turning up, believing and praying together, watch out what we can do in the hands of Jesus because we're blessed. You have no clue of the multiplication that will come from a limited season like you are in right now. It is like God to take limitation and turn it into miracles and revival. So while I'm frustrated at the start of this year, here we go again, I've got a greater sense in my spirit that says, isn't this God to let me get so desperate and needy that I stop turning to all the natural things and put my life in the hands of my Saviour that blesses me so there can be a miracle, there is a season of multiplication coming out of the season of limitation that you are currently in. You are blessed to be broken, given, multiplied, and fed. Come on, Psalm 65. I woke up with this verse in my spirit this morning. Psalm 65 verse 11 in the New King James says this. Read it with me. You crown the year with your 
goodness and your path drip with abundance. It doesn't seem like things are good. It doesn't seem like things are enough, but say it with me again. Come on, I'm gonna get this on your lips today. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Sounds too good to be true. I don't have a drippy path. Well, let's look at it in the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, uh, uh, you crown the year with bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways. Look at the contrast here. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Have things got hard? There's an abundance coming. Have things got difficult? There's abundance coming. Do you have not enough? There is an abundance coming in Jesus' name. If you're in the hands of Jesus, you are blessed. Do not get focused on the lack. I felt this today. There's some people that have been hypnotized by what you don't have, and it has hypnotized your spirit to sleep. And now all you can say is, I'm waiting, I'm wanting, I'm needing, I'm lacking. You need to let your spirit wake up and strengthen the things that remain, for he has not seen our deeds complete in the sight of our God. What you've got is what you've got, but get it in the hands of Jesus and watch the blessing of God come on, because there's a multiplication coming. I just feel like I'm pushing faith. Keep coming with me in all the campuses online. Join with me today. See, I love that Jesus gives it, gets it, and he thanks the Father for it. He blesses it. What happens when you take what isn't enough and you bless the Lord for it? You take your problem of insufficiency out of the natural realm, and when you bless it and give thanks for what you have, you bring it into the supernatural realm and you take your problem of insufficiency to a solution of sufficiency. Let me take it again. When you have an insufficiency and it's a problem, you need to move it from the natural realm to the supernatural realm. How do you do that? You take the insufficient, you bless it and give God thanks for it. You don't remind yourself of how you don't have enough, you're cursed, they let you down or you're lacking, but you move it into the supernatural, you give thanksgiving to it and your problem becomes a solution because His sufficiency comes on your insufficiency. You release it to God in thanksgiving and He will open the door for supernatural harvest, goodness and abundance in your life. Come on, say it with me. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths will drip with Abundance. If you believe it, why don't we give God praise for five seconds? Right now, we're bringing thanksgiving. Come on, right now, we're moving from natural to supernatural. We're moving from insufficiency to sufficiency. Come on, a bit longer. We're moving from lack to blessed in Jesus' name. Some of you are watching online today. A bit nervous, should I come in? And if you need to stay home, be wise and do that. We encourage you to. But if it's fear that's kept you away, maybe even as I'm preaching, you need to do something like stand on your feet. Maybe in your PJs, you're gonna run out and get dressed because you're just making this decision that next week, I'm gonna get into the Word of God. I'm gonna change the words on my lips. I'm gonna get into the house of God. I'm gonna bless people, encourage people. I'm gonna change the atmosphere of my home because I'm moving forward in 2022 into miracles and revival in Jesus' name. Jesus says in Mark 10, verse 29, mark my words, no one who sacrifices house and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and children and land, whatever, whatever you sacrifice because of me and the message, you won't, no one will miss out. It says this, you get it all back. I speak this blessing over some people's lives. 
If this is you, I want you to receive it right now. I prophesy over you, because he promised it, so it's not a far stretch for me to prophesy it. They will get it all back, but multiplied many times over in homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land, and also in troubles. So don't be surprised when they come. And some of us very holy people are saying, yes, brother, in heaven. Jesus makes a point, and I'm talking about here on earth, because he goes on and to say, and then the bonus of eternal life. He's saying, don't have to just wait. I'll give it to you here, and I'll have it for you in heaven. I'm not a God that just gives you enough. I'm a God that gives you an abundance. There's more. This is the great reversal. If you've been last, you're coming first. But for some reason, I wanna show you this. Are you doing okay? Oh, I feel faith this morning. I love it. Get excited. Sometimes you don't know what to say, so you just go, bah. <laughs> But get this, for some reason, Jesus requires this boy to hand over his whole lunch. This is gonna help someone. Jesus requires the boy not to give one of his rolls and one of his fish. He is okay to leave this boy with nothing to eat himself for the next while. There are times where I'm driving with our children and they're fine and then they get hungry and they're about to die. And it can go from I'm good to how could you make me starve like this? And Jesus is okay to leave this boy with nothing for a time. We know there's a miracle coming but the boy has to live in the in-between. But let me tell you something, and I feel this prophetically this morning. Some of us are waiting for a miracle, but we haven't handed Jesus our whole lunch yet. We've given him a donation. We've given him a portion. We've said, I'll give you my one roll and one fish, but he wants all of you. He didn't ask for some of your life, he asked for all of your life. He didn't ask for some of your heart, he wants all of your heart. He doesn't want some of your words, he wants all of your words. He doesn't want some of your mind, he wants all of your mind. And the key to this miracle was the boy had to hand over his whole lunch. And what must have seemed like an eternity on an empty stomach, Jesus invades the margins of his comfortability. I actually think God loves to invade your margins of comfortability. He wants to get rid of them, so all you have left is him. You've got to get this. Jesus didn't borrow his sandwiches. This isn't a sandwich borrow. This is a sandwich takeover. He wasn't borrowing from the boy. He never promised to give it back. Because he's God, he will. But it was a sandwich takeover. Sometimes you've got to let God take over your life. Sometimes you gotta let God take over your home. Sometimes you gotta let God take over your marriage because you've done it all and given him a part, but he needs all of it. Because this miracle is only made possible because the boy was willing for his whole lunch to be broken for the blessing of the crowd. It wasn't just about the boy. Without the boy's brokenness, the crowd couldn't be blessed. Can I just give you what, something I assume, but I think it's a pretty safe assumption. But I did felt this morning, I was praying, the Holy Spirit asked me to challenge us as a church. There's a big crowd there. Let's go 20,000 people. Nonnas, mums, planners. 
there was food. There was just not enough intimacy and community for anyone to be willing to be generous, generous enough to share their life with someone else. Don't tell me in a crowd of 20,000, no one had food. Only one person was willing to give their whole life for the benefit of others. As a church, a crowd never changed anyone's life. And what we don't need to be as a church is a big crowd. We need to be a big family. We need to be community. And the only way miracles and revival happen is when we don't come here to be a crowd, when we come here to share our life with others. And there's gonna be a day when things get back to normal very soon where having meals with each other is gonna be really important and being in each other's homes is gonna be really important. It makes sense if I'm the enemy, if I wanna attack the church, I try to divide them in theology, I try to, I try to stop them living together, living, doing life together, eating together, being in one another's homes, breaking bread and being in close proximity. What God needs for there to be a miracle is a church that don't just be a crowd but a church that live in generosity so that we can see spirit spirituality, not just be something we come and participate in, but something that we actively give into. And when we start to give our life to one another and love one another and stop for one another and pray for one another and do life together, then we will be a church that sees a community of miracles and revival, amen? Because without, there is no blessing of the crowd without the breaking of the boys' loaves. If the boy wasn't willing to give his whole to Jesus, the crowd wouldn't have been blessed. So he blesses us, I love this, and he breaks us. If you feel like you've been broken, know first you were blessed, but you're being broken. Jesus has to break us so that he can put us back together in him, not in us. I mean, Jacob knew this. Jacob walked with a limp because he wasn't willing to let go of Jesus. He wanted to stay in his hands until he got blessed. His limp was a reminder of his blessing. You know, you might feel broken here today, but Jesus understands, not just because he's sympathetic, but eventually he would show us that he was the bread of life and in the Last Supper, he held bread again in his hands, blessed it and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. What he does in the... 5,000 is an example of what he would do in Calvary where he himself will be broken and not just broken but then multiplied. Because of Jesus' brokenness, being willing to go to the cross is why we now have life ourselves. Because of Jesus, there was multiplication in the church. There was multiplication in followers. There was multiplication in anointing. There was multiplication in miracles. There was multiplication in revival. Jesus himself had to be broken so that there could be multiplication, giving and being fed. You see, it's because we're blessed, broken, given, multiplied and fed that we could have life. We have to go through the same thing if there's gonna be a revival in our church. Can I show you something here? I've said it before and just the keys can come. This is the only story that's shown in all four gospels. There's Jesus' death and resurrection, that's in all four gospels. But other than that, the Holy Spirit only wanted this story to be repeated in all four. Why? Because there is something so powerful in this community of miracles and revival that we're reading about here that he wanted us to see. He firstly needed us to see if we wanna be a community of miracles and revival, you will never be enough. You need to know there won't be this perfect day where you can commit. 
Sometimes we don't give to each other, we don't serve, we don't pray, we don't, because we're like, I'm not enough. It was never about you being enough. There, you will never be enough for you to be used by God. He just wants to take you how you are and accept you how you are. And if you just get your hands in the, if you get your life in the hands of Jesus, he will do the rest. Can I tell you, revival will come at inconvenient times and it will be illogical. The disciples wanted to send everyone away. We just had a carols and Christmas season in the last few weeks. And I can tell you, what every church does is right in there for them, right? Because they've got to follow what the Holy Spirit shows them. But so many places were canceling carols and not doing Christmas services. At our carols and Christmas services, we had 160 plus people make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, right? Uh, this, This morning... Around the world, there's so many people that are not doing church and churches that are shutting their door. I'm not, I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying we can't go send the crowds home. We're not gonna do church. We're not gonna do community. We're not gonna do life because revival comes at inconvenient times. Revival comes when a nation is at a crisis point and gets on their knees and has no other answer but to push into God. Revival comes sometimes when it's illogical and it's unreasonable, but all we we've got left is Jesus. So the Bible contrasts in this story, two types of followers. There's the logical follower. His name is Philip. And Jesus says, well, is there any food? And Philip gives him an answer. He actually doesn't answer Jesus. He gives Jesus a problem. It would take, Philip doesn't say there's no only five, he doesn't say there's not enough. He doesn't say there's no food. He says it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Philip has the logic anointing. He's doing his calculations. He's saying, we don't have enough bread and he's standing right in front of the bread of life. The one that fed bread to Moses and the people in the desert. The one that gave enough oil so the widow could have bread. The one that took the widow's last bread uh, meal so that they could have enough for all of their famine. The one that would do the 5,000 and then the 4,000. The one that ultimately said, I'm the bread broken for you. He was standing in front of bread and he says, I have a problem with bread because all he can see is what is logical. Can I tell you, when you have reason over revelation, it will mess up the miracle. I I started the year reading Proverbs. It talks so much about wisdom and knowledge. We need wisdom and knowledge. But when you stay just in reason over revelation, you'll miss out on the miracle. See, Philip wasn't wrong. Philip was correct. But what Philip said was incomplete. Because while there wasn't enough, it was incomplete because he failed to recognise the greatest resource that he had. So watch this, watch this. The Bible says something here that it never says again. The Bible does something here in this story you won't read in the Scriptures ever again. It says this, catch this. It'll seem insignificant to you to start, but it actually is incredibly significant. It says this, lean in. Andrew spoke up. Nowhere else will it say this in any of the Gospels. Nowhere else will it say this in all the Scripture. Andrew spoke up. Up. Another one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, say it with me, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Do you know, you will never see Andrew speak again in the Bible. I'm sure he did some great sermons. I'm sure he taught some great lessons. He was a great discipler. He was a great apostle. But 
The Bible wants you to make a point. There is only one time that Andrew chose to speak up and it was in a moment right here where there was insufficiency and everyone else was seeing the problem and the Bible and the Holy Spirit loved this moment so much. He said, we won't record it once, twice, three times, but let's put it in all of the Gospels that when there is an insufficiency, when the church is in lack, when the community of the believers doesn't have enough, it just takes one person to speak up and say, I have something that I can contribute. It may be insignificant, but put it in the hands of my Saviour. And what is insignificant becomes significant because I move it from the natural to the supernatural. Andrew spoke up. See, Philip's giving all the excuses. Everyone else is wondering who's gonna do it. And Andrew spoke what? He spoke up. Wait a minute. Jesus wouldn't be asking me to do something if he didn't already know what he was going to do. Stop telling God what he can't do. Start listening to what he's about to do. See, there is gonna be another voice when I walk off the stage that's gonna speak to you. It's the voice of reason. There's gonna be another voice that speaks to you on social media and during the week. When you go back to work, there's gonna be voices that speak to you and they're gonna be the voice of logic and reason and fact and what seems like knowledge. But you need to be a people that have revelation, that have a Holy Spirit understanding, that gets beyond the voice of calculation and speaks up and says, you crown my year with goodness and my paths drip with abundance. I serve a God that's going to bring miracles and revival into my life. He is Jehovah Nissi, so when I am broken, and not winning. He is my victorious banner, that He is Jehovah Jireh, that when I don't have enough, He is my provider. He is what I need. He is my guide when I have no way out. He is the light when I'm surrounded in darkness. He is the Saviour when I have nowhere to go. He is a brother when I feel alone. So I'm not speaking out my problem, my difficulty and my frustration. I'm not looking at the lack that I have. It's time that the church spoke up and said, here's what I have, blessed Break it, multiply it, give it so that there can be a revival. Come on, stand to your feet. This year, He'll use this year. He's not surprised by this year. Never thought it would go to a third year. He's not shocked, bedazzled, confused, wondering. He knew and He's waiting for the church to stand up and say, I am blessed. Come on, say it with me. I am blessed. I am blessed. You crown the year with your goodness. My past drip with abundance. He doesn't need part-time Christians. This world doesn't need semi-committed religious followers. He doesn't need bread calculators, reasonable logic can just state what everyone else is saying. Can we just not be people that just state all the time what everyone else is seeing? I mean, some people, you walk out sometimes, not as many came today, brother. Omicron. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I'd rather go, man, today across our church, thousands of people turned up in faith and said, God's good, God's in control. 
and it's the beginning of a revival of people that will pray and believe and declare and speak out the truth of God that it's not over until he says it's over. And when it's over, there will be an abundance. There'll be baskets of provision and blessing left over because that's what God does because he crowns the year with his goodness and our paths drip with abundance. You are blessed and he is on the throne and it's not over. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, And when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, He's a friend and you can invite Him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe He's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy, and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.